Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. 49ers lose their third straight after a 5-0 and start. The Cincinnati Bengals go into Levi Stadium, kind of knock the 49ers around a little bit, and it's both sides, really. It's the defense that was once really feared, now looks vulnerable. And then on the offense, Perloff, maybe the yards are there in terms of Brock Purdy's numbers, but the points aren't there. They haven't scored more than 17 points in this three-game skid. Well, I think Brock Purdy had his best half of the year in the first half. Unbelievable. They really didn't get that many opportunities, though, because Cincinnati was driving at will every single drive. Basically, Cincinnati looked like what San Francisco wants to look like. Run the ball, control the game with their defense. Yes, the Niners are not built to to win from behind. They do not want Brock Purdy throwing for 365 yards. They don't want him scrambling and finding <laughs> guys. They they want Christian McCaffrey to control the game. They can't do that when their defense is letting up touchdown drive after touchdown drive. Minnesota controlled the entire... I mean, basically, they couldn't get him off the field at any point. I don't know what's going on. I do think there are adjustments to be made. My big concern with the Niners is their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. Go from D'Amico Ryans to Steve Wilkes might be a bigger downgrade than we realize. So that, because I watched D'Amico Ryans in Houston and that defense has no one I've ever heard of and they are salty. So I wonder if that coaching loss was one we didn't see coming as a huge factor. Well, here's the thing though. You still have the same pieces for the most part. So I get it with coaching and the, and the players are going to execute what the coach wants, but you still have guys who we think are like walk-in hall of famers with Nick Bosa, with Fred Warner and others. So now all of a sudden they stink. Like that doesn't make any sense to me either. I, I get a coordinator I think can do more with less, but when you already have all this great talent, can you really look at the coach and be like, that's why they stink? I don't know. But they, I don't know if I'm they just that. don't feel as aggressive as last year. I feel like Wilkes, for some reason, just doesn't. I, I do their coordinators a huge deal. You got to know when to blitz, when not to blitz. There's so many different little decisions that they're, they're either not making the right decision. Their defensive backfield seems confused almost every deep pass. It feels like the safety and the cornerback are pointing at each other a lot because I don't think those guys were used to having to do anything. Usually, <laughs> usually, uh, Dre Greenlaw was limping around. That's a huge deal. He's a super player. He's had a chronic hamstring issue. Fred Warner is not the same Fred Warner. I, I think they're going to fix a lot of this. I do think you say they're completely healthy. Greenlaw is such a big part of what they do, and he wasn't the same yesterday. They have a bye. That is huge for them. You could see Debo on the sideline. He was eating sunflower seeds or something. He looks so cocky. He's like, I'm going to come back and fix this team. And Trent Williams coming back. We've seen this. Look at Joe Burrow on the other side. He was he was done. He was toast. They were 0-2. And, and now he's 100% healthy, running around like he was a young kid. He is still a young kid. So I think San Francisco could get healthy and fix all this. Uh, it was a great day for Joe Burrow and the offense. The 31 points on the road. I mean, they've just been sort of building now over the last two weeks. They're still in last place in the AFC North, technically, but you did have losses yesterday by the Cleveland Browns. You had losses yesterday for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a win yesterday from the Ravens, and you get a sense that it's going to be the Ravens and the Bengals when this thing is all said and done. EJ, let's update the poll results, please, on our question, which is? Yeah, so we asked the question, are you concerned about the 49ers? And right now, people are concerned. 62.4% 62.4% say yes, 37.6% say no. Well, I am one of those who is concerned because this is a little different than the way they've done things in the past, which is normally they don't get off to this incredible start and they sort of find and peak at the right time at the end of the season. Now they might have peaked. 
I mean, that 42 to 10 game against the Cowboys may have been the best game they can play. And so what's to say they couldn't do it again? Maybe they can, but sometimes teams peak too early. It happens. I don't know. I'm thinking back to certain playoff games. They went into Lambeau and won. They went into Dallas and won in the playoffs. Shanahan and that defense carries into into the playoffs. I think they would have given the Eagles a much bigger cha- challenge last year if quarterbacks didn't get hurt early on in the game. They held Jalen Hurts to 125 yards passing. I know he didn't need to pass the ball at all. That defense, if they peak again, I, I just think that they could peak again. Last year, they won their last 10 games. Counting them out is a dangerous proposition. They had it. They lost it. Now we'll see if they can get it back. Oh, by the way, of the next seven opponents after the bye, they start at Jacksonville. Only two of them right now have losing records. So it's not like they have this cupcake schedule that's waiting for them on the other side of the bye. All right, around here, by the way, you're welcome to call in 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 if you want to talk about the 49ers. Let's get to what we got wrong. Even we can't be right all the time. Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Time for Maggie and Perloff to own up. So, I had a tough week uh, with my picks, one and two. The Patriots-Dolphins, I had heard the Patriots fix their offensive line. Everyone's back. They can they can block now. And now that he has an offensive line, Mac Jones is going to look good because he looked good last week <laughs> against your Bills. I know. The Dolphins were desperately, desperately trying to give the Patriots a chance at every turn in this game. The Patriots said, nah, we're good. We're good. We're going to have 161 yards of passing the entire game. We're not going to be able to run the ball at all. And we're just going to let you hang around. And eventually, eventually, the Dolphins are going to hit some big plays. I can't believe how bad the Patriots are. Because I got fooled by last week. I don't see them winning more than two more games the rest of the season. Because their offense is so tepid. They're like kittens without their claws. <laughs> They're just so unscary. I haven't seen a less explosive team in a long time, except for the Jets and the Giants. But they don't really count. No, that that was on a whole other level of wild, the Jets and Giants. Right now for New England, for all that losing they're doing, for how bad they look, they sit fifth right now in terms of where they would pick in the NFL draft coming up. Yeah, but Arizona and then Chicago by way of Carolina, then Chicago's actual pick, then the Giants, then New England. You're going to have to try harder here. Well, both both New England and Giants are two and six. Yeah, the, the New England has a much harder schedule than the Giants. The Giants might find some easy wins. The Chicago, Arizona is an issue. Okay, I admit Chicago's an issue. So the Patriots get Drake May. That's good. <laughs> they come in with the- yeah, they're not going to get Caleb Williams, but they're definitely starting over quarterback. Mac Jones is totally lost out there. And by the way, I don't know if he has any talent to start with. I don't even know that he's lost. I just think he's not that good. Maybe not. I mean, he did go to the playoffs his first year with the Patriots, but they also lost a couple of receivers yesterday. I think the, the also the bottom line is Miami is a good team. They just quietly kind of go about their business, which is weird because they have Tyree Kill, and he's – Great, and they they beat the Patriots in Miami. That that means nothing. To me. Okay, they're good, but okay, they don't need to be good. But they have a Super Bowl expectation. Beating the Patriots. By the way, that game, I I had them at nine and a half. That was an easy cover. The Dolphins had a turnover late in the game to give the Patriots cover, and then the Patriots couldn't do it. They anything. blew it. Yeah, um, you know how you get mad when you lose a bet. Oh, definitely. Um, my thing I got wrong this week. I thought that the Rams were going to give the Cowboys a little bit more of a fight. Then I forgot. I know what it's like when you have a kid and then a couple days later you got to like do something. You're not a person. 
Sean McVay just had a child like a couple mm, days ago. Now, he point. didn't actually do it, but of course he was going to be sleep deprived. Bilotti knows what I'm talking about. He hasn't slept in two years. Uh, maybe more. <laughs> this was going to be a big loss. I don't know why I thought this could have been a trap game for the Cowboys. So they completely impressed me. Came out. Dak Prescott, four touchdowns. They win this thing going away. Knock Matthew Stafford out of the game. Uh, I think Cowboys are back. I just don't know if they ever went anywhere to begin with. We kind of wrote them off after the 42-10 uh, to 10 loss to the San Francisco 49ers, but I don't think the talent gap is actually that big between those two teams. I think it's interesting with the Rams. So they have they have a couple losable, or I'm sorry, winnable games. Do they totally tank and try and lose to Green Bay and try and lose to Arizona? Because they're going to be competing for a quarterback too. I, I'm not sure. I can't see more than three wins left for the the Rams who are three and five now get to six wins. Are you going to get what you need with that? I don't know. They would pick ninth if the uh, season ended today. Anyone else want to own up to anything over there? I thought the Jets would go in there and just stop the New York Giants. Uh, that <laughs> did not happen. They did win. So yeah. I will take a win. I'm not going to apologize for a win. But I thought it'd be a lot more dominant, and it took a miraculous missed field goal and a miraculous 20-second drive from Zach Wilson to go down the field just to get it to overtime. The Jets, it's 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 it's, it's ridiculous at this point. Like Salah and Wilson, that combination, my heart can't take it anymore. And it's going to be <laughs> well, a really long 10 more weeks of this. Listen, EJ, as much as we care personally about your health, that's paramount to this show. I think the bigger thing is what does Aaron Rodgers think he's walking back into? So, yeah, the Jets yeah. keep the season alive and they're still in the thick of it. But why the heck would he want to come back off an Achilles at 40 years old to play on this team? I, I don't understand that. There was at that. All. And I do got to own up to Perloff being right about the NBA and the whole resting situation and the load management. Oh, I mean, we're going cross sport yeah, now. I, I, like I mean, it. we had freaking um, the, uh, Jimmy Butler. And then now Joel Embiid, who was questionable with rest. And I was the guy saying that, hey, a lot of these guys are really injured. And boy, they make me look stupid in about like five nanoseconds after the show was over. Yeah, I like my analogy. It's like when you tell your teenage kids not to drink alcohol, you're telling the teams not to load management. Uh, and now all the teams want to do is load manage two games in. I, I love the brazenness of this. I think it's actually more entertaining that NFL teams are giving the middle finger back to the the front office there, uh, the NBA, this is great. And if I'm a Sixers fan, I don't want to see Joel Embiid out there at all. I don't know why Sixers fans are getting mad on Twitter because Embiid was supposed to say it yesterday. Who cares? Rest that guy until March. Pete, anything you want to own up to? Yeah, I thought the Eagles would have their way with Washington yesterday, coming off that first time they had a they had a scare with uh, with the Commanders, yep. and then they totally did the same thing again, but won the ball game. So I, I thought the Eagles would dominate. So I'm owning up to the fact that they got away with it, and, and, but won uh, a ball game yesterday again against the Commanders. And it was the it was the AJ Brown show. It was it was pretty amazing. By the way. Uh, Do you see Nance called him the the Commodores yesterday? <laughs> he wasn't oh, on the funny. game. He was doing the uh, Bengals 49ers. It's a better name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should have just went with Commodores. It feels like everyone's making that mistake. Just go with it. Lionel Richie bobblehead doll uh, day. <laughs> this is better than what they got. I'm telling you, if you're a team out there, go for Montez Sweat. Do not go for Chase Young. I've watched Montez Sweat destroy the Eagles time after time. And if the commanders, I assume... They're trading everybody today, right? There's no reason not to 
to hold on to any single player on that team. No, I'd probably be starting over. Uh, sorry, one more person I think we got wrong, Perloff, and maybe I'll talk to, I'll speak for both of us here. Probably didn't expect Will Levis to throw four touchdowns in his debut. I mean, not that we weren't high on him or anything, but obviously he gets the embarrassment of the draft where he doesn't go in the first round. Titans end up trading up for him in the second round. But we're talking about, oh, you know, Titans trade Derrick Henry, trade DeAndre Hopkins, and then here comes Levis, who had a really nice day. I refuse to put that in the what I got wrong category. Okay. Because not once did I say to you, Maggie, I don't think Will Levis is going to throw four touchdowns on Sunday. <laughs> Never utter those words. I didn't say he would throw four touchdowns. And the other thing, too, is I can't even believe this really happened. I, I'm not really registering Will Levis throwing bombs all over the field. We'll see next week. Until I, all right, I'll right now, next Monday, if Will Levis throws four touchdowns again, I will admit I was wrong, but Wait, not until then. I think that they play Thursday, I think. I think it's, is it Steelers Titans coming up this uh, Thursday, or am I imagining things? Uh, yeah. uh, no, I'm yeah, right. right. Titans at the Steelers. So we get to. Well, he's not throwing <laughs> four touchdowns against the Steelers. Can I get another one, Pearl? If I, I mean, I hate to do this. Can I call you out for another one? A no. season long one? No. No, you've already called me out for about six different things today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, glad this you're is, keeping track. This is the segment to do it. All right, what do you got? Your love of Jordan Love. No, I admitted in week one that that's a disaster. <laughs> okay. But Jordan Love's still, by the way, worst first-half quarterback in the NFL. I think he's still the best second-half quarterback in the NFL by DVOA. He's still, even on Sunday, it looked like, oh, my God, here comes Jordan Love again. There's something going on with that team where they can't play in the first half and they're really good in the second half. Yeah, Jordan Love is not working. I, I will admit that. But excuses galore. I mean, they have no offensive line. They have 22-year-old wide receivers. They are in a full, total rebuild. Name one spot on that team that is solid, and you're not going to find it. Uh, they've been outscored 73-9 to in the first half of the last five games and have not scored a touchdown before halftime. In those last five yeah. games. He's the number one quarterback in the entire NFL in the second half. He's the best. I know, but this is not exactly the winning formula here. You know, those kind of comebacks, especially because he's a younger guy and he has a young team, you're not going to win a lot of games when you put yourselves in that kind of hole. Okay, you can beat the Saints and come back and beat them. Good for you. This is not going to work. Name one position group, except maybe Aaron Jones when he plays a running back. Name one position group that is even par with the rest of the NFL. There isn't one. Okay, I'm just saying that uh, they're young, they're rebuilding. Yeah, Jordan Love has not played well, but he's got he has no chance. I don't think Rodgers couldn't even do anything with this team. They are really bad at pretty much every position. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Shakira's on the line from North New Jersey. Wants to talk about the Giants. Good morning, Shakira. Good morning. Um, I'm I'm doing good. What's in your mind? Um, well, I want to talk about the Giants. I'm originally from Indiana, but now I live in North Jersey. So I was a Peyton girly, and then I became an A-like girly, and now I'm stuck with the Giants. Um, so to me, I think Brian Dayball has lost control of the team. Even before the QB injuries, the offense was very stale. Um, it's been Wink Martindale's defense who sets up the scoring drives and keeps them competitive, although not perfect, especially at the end of the game yesterday. So my question to you is, what is the Giants' offensive identity, and how do they proceed knowing that this season may not be salvageable? salvageable. Yeah, salvageable, no doubt. Shakira, great question. They should put you in the front row of a Dayball press conference because I'd love to know his answers to this. 
the identity offense should be running the ball with Saquon Barkley, but the problem is is they can't do that effectively. <laughs> so that's that's part of it. You did lose Waller yesterday with a hamstring. They still clearly don't have enough weapons. And the quarterbacks are terrible. Whether it was Daniel Jones, he wasn't playing well. Tyrod Taylor gets knocked out, has to go to the hospital. And Tommy DeVito uh, like can't throw the ball. And they didn't yeah. want him to throw the ball yesterday. Yeah, I mean, this, this, not, this year it doesn't matter at all. I think the big question for them is, are you going to draft a quarterback with Daniel Jones under contract, or are you going to try and get Marvin Harrison and fix Daniel Jones? You know the Giants, they always hold on to quarterbacks too long. So it's not even just a right-now problem. I think it's a big-picture problem. Are they ever going to do the right thing at quarterback? It's loyalty to a fault over there with the Giants, and giving Daniel Jones that contract to begin with shows that you were loyal to a fault. And it's funny because it's a new regime, basically, not the guys who drafted Daniel Jones, but it is the same ownership. I mean, here's the thing about Dayball. It was a lot of one-score games last year that got them, that propped up their schedule and their and their record in the first part of the season. And he was the guy after Joe Judge, who was an abject disaster. So he got a little new coach bump, and he got a little luck, and now you're seeing when some of those factors maybe regress to the mean. I think one of the things about Dayball as well that stood out to me yesterday, because the question about that last situation where you kick that field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one. Yeah, fourth and, and one, they decide to kick the, a 30... 37-yard field, yard field goal. Graham Gano missed it, set up for the Jets, who had no timeouts, to come back down the other way and kick a game-tying field goal, and the Jets won in overtime. And I, I think the logic behind kicking the field goal, I understand, but I think to Shakira's point, the caller, there is an issue with what is Dayball's coaching identity. Because yeah. last season, remember, week one, it's, you know, I'm going for two, I'm going for it. You know, he had that meet that that you know meeting, you know, with the team before the game saying, I'm always gonna trust you guys and we're gonna go out there, we're not gonna coach scared, we're not gonna play scared. And I feel like the day ball team we've seen this year, coaches scared, plays scared, also really undisciplined, yeah. bad penalties. Like the day ball team last year was super buttoned up. Like it just seems like the entire identity of what the Giants did well last season, they've gone the complete opposite. And I felt like that decision was a great example of Dayball kind of going back from what he had been as a head coach just last season. Okay, I'm going to give him a pass on this one. You've got Tommy DeVito who can't throw the ball. And I know you should be able to get a yard no matter what, right? Tush, push, do whatever, get a yard. But I kind of understood it because you're on a third-string quarterback and he's just not an NFL quarterback. So for that, I get it. The thing, though, about Dayball and the whole Giants, they thought they added Darren Waller and, like, Paris Campbell in the offseason and wanted to pat themselves on the back. Like, hey, guys, mission accomplished. We did this. They didn't do anything. And meanwhile, Daniel Jones had unprecedented health last year in a contract year. Now he's back again with the same neck injury that kept him out for the majority of the season two years ago. Everything went right for the Giants last year, and they fooled themselves into thinking, no, 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 we're this good. And they weren't. They were lucky. And yeah. they ran into the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs, the one team luckier than them last year. They beat them. They got they they fell into this false um like false hope that they were this really great team, or they tricked themselves into thinking they were this really good team, and they're not. But coming into the season, Vegas had was way down on them, had them at six and a half or seven wins. I think everybody knew the Giants weren't good. Did the Giants actually think, you guys follow them closer, did they actually think they were good, like going to be in the playoffs? I think they thought yeah. they were going to take a next step forward. Yeah, I, think I people, mean, I, think, I didn't see it, but. I think the Giant brass, I think a lot of the people following the Giants were really excited about the season. They felt like the only thing we were missing last year 
were weapons. And as Maggie said, you know, Darren Waller, who's always hurt, he's hurt again. He yeah. couldn't finish the game uh, this past week. You know, Paris Campbell, who played with the Colts but really wasn't much of an impact player, they saw those moves as moves that were going to just completely revamp the team because they had such bad skill players last season. They right. said, how could we – we're it at the bottom. So, yeah. so we're going to be even a little bit better at skill position. That's going to take us to another level. But as Maggie said, there were so many things that went their way last year. There was no way they were going to have that kind of luck again. It was crazy. I think two teams, I think it was only two, might have been more, who lost the turnover battle and still won the game. One was the Jets yesterday who had two turnovers but still won, and the other was Jacksonville who had three turnovers, two fumbles, and the interception and still ended up winning the game on the road. It's really hard to do. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, coming up, one of our favorite things around here. We're still all getting to know each other. Terrible national anthems. Oh. Oh. It's so bad. It's so bad, it's good. You'll hear it next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Maggie and Perloff show. Maggie, I missed something in what I got wrong. I just, completely just forgot about this. I completely forgot about this because I think I was in denial. I, in a million years, would not have predicted that the Philadelphia Eagles would fumble the ball on a brotherly shove play. <laughs> Finally. But Finally, then, that play doesn't work every single time, just automatic. Yeah, but I think it's going to work moving forward. They, they were sort of playing with their food with Washington yesterday. They left about 25 points on the board. And then later on, they had a touch push, and they actually ran a running play to the outside off of it, which is completely unstoppable. I think it is the key to the entire Eagles' success. Honestly, because they have, they basically had a first and 10, they have first and nine. They could just get close. And I don't understand why every team doesn't do it, Maggie, but I feel like a lot of teams are getting closer. I was so, that was, that gave me hope more than anything I've seen in a long time. Like, ha, huh, if they can fumble the tush push, maybe there's a shot in hell that that play won't just be 100 out of 100. Like, thank goodness. Why? Maybe what do you care about? outlaw it. If, if it's shown that it can be stopped. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's your best shot at the NFL keeping it around is to fumble every now and then, yeah. have it be stopped every now and then. <laughs> and maybe the competition committee can't torpedo it to the sun. But, Maggie, what do you care about the tush? But what do you care about the Eagles? They have nothing to do with your team. I just, I think the it's, aesthetics? A, I What's think the it's a cheat code. And I, I don't know why, but other teams seem to get hurt when they do this, except for the Eagles. And I like the fact that they are kind of... Uh, you know, they're they're using the sort of cheat code, and it's annoying to watch, even it's if you have no rooting on- It's not like the Patriots who are spygating and deflategating. There's nothing cheating about it. It's an, it feels cheap. If it's not cheating, it feels cheap, because most teams, when you go for it on fourth down, you actually have to, like, you know, have your heart pumping a little bit. Like, you might not get it. It's like when you play Madden and, you know, you're cheesing one play. Like, you know, when you play Madden and you know the play that always works. And it's like, come on. Like, we know that play works. We know you can do it. Yeah. Like, do something else. Right. It was Bo Jackson. Run a play, you cowards. Are you playing Street Fighter? You just keep using the same move. You know, the leg sweep. Like, you know, you do those things. It's like, all right, we get it. Anybody play Tech Mobile? Because there's a famous, there's two plays. There's Cap Boso and Bo Jackson, the two unstoppable Tech Mobile plays. We all use them. It's part of the game. I, I think there's nothing wrong with the Eagles using a little push. There is everyone else except for Eagles fans. We're so happy that thing finally fumbled. Like, <laughs> ha The only thing is you still won the game. Um, okay. 
more than a tush push fumble, the other thing that we love around here is bad national anthems. This one came courtesy of Flavor Flav, who was at the Bucks game. Oh, oh, say, <laughs> can you see? <laughs> By the dawn's early light. Oh my gosh, make it stop. What so (laughs) proudly we hail. I think we got it. At the twilight's (laughs) last gleaming. Okay. <laughs> He's holding every note forever. Why was he milking it that much? <laughs> Flavor Flav clearly is not getting the attention that he needs because he wanted to be up there for 20 minutes. Explain the connection to Milwaukee. I didn't get that. Well, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, remember a couple of years ago, they had the Ja Rule 90s night where they yeah. couldn't get the music playing. The crowd didn't seem to care that Ja Rule was there. So clearly the person who does booking maybe likes hip hop and is trying <laughs> to get Milwaukee into it. So they keep getting these random acts. I have a theory on why he was booked. Okay. Because okay. I, I cannot, under, a lot of people can't understand this. I think because when the announcer, you know, introduces Flavor Flav, he says, Grammy Award winning artist, Flavor Flav. I think maybe the person who booked them, like, was, you know, maybe Flay Flay reached out to him for whatever reason because yeah. he thought this would be a viral moment. And he probably pushed saying, hey, I'm a Grammy Award winning artist. I've won X amount of Grammys. I'm part of the Hip Hop Hall of Fame. Yeah. And they probably said, oh, well, look, he's a Grammy Award winning artist. Like, he, he probably must be a be good great. singer. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be good? And but, they just booked him not knowing who <laughs> Flavor Flay was. It's a good theory. But the that, problem with yeah. that theory is the internet exists. So you could just look up and be like, hmm, I wonder what Flavor Flav sounds like. And he definitely, no one would ever think that he's a good, like, classic singer. But someone told you you were, they were, you were a Grammy Award winning singer or just artist. No, no, no. I think you would assume that they were good. EJ, uh, your instinct that people do not know hip hop in certain quarters is absolutely accurate. But everybody knows Flavor Flav. There's <laughs> he's not crossed a, over. Yeah, that is one guy who... There maybe Snoop, obviously number one, but Flavor Flav is in that discussion. <laughs> Everyone knows who Flavor Flav is. <laughs> but the tepid applause yeah. too, like when he. <laughs> but what I don't understand, you guys were talking about it like it was a bad decision. Like, do it again. Yeah, of course. It was a great decision to book Flavor Flav. That was not a mistake. Who normally sings? Do we know who normally sings? The, it's usually like a fireman or something. No, but a fireman. <laughs> but here's <laughs> here's the thing. Like, why didn't Flavor Flav just do his own rendition? You break rap or do something. Do something creative. Don't just try to sing this like you're Pavarotti. That's not going to happen. You, you, you're not... Well, as I recall, Flavor Flav does not have great rapping skills either, does well, he? Thing, he's not really a rapper. He's a hype man. Like yeah. he's not like he's not right. like so I don't know I don't know what a Flavor Flav rendition of National Anthem would sound like. It'd just be like random ad libs, which <laughs> probably would still be entertaining, but I don't know if it'd be more entertaining than this. DJ, he's a Grammy Award winner. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think like the national anthem, I think, is one of those things and the reason why he probably won't sing, because I think it is like the training ground. Like, if you want to show somebody yeah. you can sing, you try the national anthem. Like, 
most people know the words that you're saying, though I know some people have messed up the words. Yeah. Everybody knows how the song goes. Everybody knows what a good national anthem sounds like. It's almost like the bar. It's it's the yes. standard. So I think for Fave Flav and other people who have tried it and Below failed, the standard. they think, hey, if I can sing the national anthem, I can tell people I can sing. So I've talked to a couple musicians about this who have done it. They all don't like it. Not they don't like the song, but that it's an incredibly difficult song to sing and that really? it's really nerve-wracking. Yeah, your guy, um, Darius Rucker told me that once. Darius Rucker said it was hard to sing the national anthem. I feel like he could do that easily. Well, he makes it look easy, but it's not an easy song to sing. Gosh, I'm surprised. I feel like everyone could sing that song. Not me. I would be even worse than Flavor Flav. Well, I don't think the Bucks are going to be booking you anytime soon. <laughs> the other thing, too, is if you get the words right, then you're okay. I don't know. I, mean, I think getting the words wrong is a, is makes you... I don't know if Flavor Flav goes in the same category as Carl Lewis because of that. I think Flavor Flav will be fun for this month. It's not going to be an all-time bad, is it? Well, let's hear Carl Oof. Lewis is an all-time bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll make up for it now. <laughs> oh, the land of the free. <laughs> the crowd's so uncomfortable. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's a great... Yeah, well, would he'll you make lose? up for it like he's in a race, like, uh, oh. you know, closing speed. <laughs> It's not even the voice. When you lose the words, can you imagine the panic of singing the national anthem and not knowing what line comes next? The best ever was when then Portland Trailblazers coach Mo Cheeks came out and yeah. helped the little girl who got lost on the national that anthem. That was nice of him to do. Yeah, That's because like... it's got to be the worst feeling in front of 18,000 people to not know what line is coming up next and try and make something up on the spot. Um, you, you and I were both at the Super Bowl where Christina Aguilera got the line wrong. What did, yeah, what did she say again? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight What so proudly <laughs> we watched at the twilight's last dreaming It was tough. Yeah. It was like everyone in the crowd was like, oh, no. Yeah. The Christina Aguilera lyrics were, she said, what so proudly we watched at the twilight's <laughs> last gleaming, which what is so not right. Maybe she was in on it, you know. The they have those props and stuff. That sounds okay to me. What? That's <laughs> close enough. <laughs> what is the Again, actual line? Nothing matters. Uh, what was the actual so line? The actual, actual line is supposed to be, or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. She said, what so proudly we watched at the twilight's last gleaming. <laughs> it doesn't matter with her. She could sing the Canadian National Anthem. Yeah. Me and Bilal That's a like, great okay. song. By the way, I don't even know which one was right of the two you read. <laughs> what so proudly we watched. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make up for it now. Oh, man. Adam's in Vancouver. Adam, what's going on this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you today? You're doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. My Dolphins won, so I'm happy. What do you got, um, what do you got on the anthem? I'm bring you guys a little bit of uh, Canadian content here. I don't know if you remember, but back in the mid to late 90s, this Canadian Football League had teams all over the state. And 
there was a team in Las Vegas called the Las Vegas Posse. And when they opened their season, the singer, I can't remember who he was, but he sang the Canadian National Anthem to the tune of Oh Christmas Tree. <laughs> Adam, all right, you've alerted us to it. EJ's on it. Thank you for the call. We will effort that right now, but Bogus has some headlines for us. Good morning. Good morning. The Miami Dolphins continued their assault on the record book yesterday with the Patriots in town. Second down, a long five to go. Play action, fake back to throw to a deep down field. He's got Tyreek for a touchdown. What a throw. My gosh, he put it right on the money off a fake. Tua throws a perfect pass to Tyreek Hill. It was a matter of time. Everybody was cheating up a little bit. What a throw. As heard on Finn's radio, two with three touchdown passes. One to Hill at eight grabs for 112 yards total, becoming the first receiver in the Super Bowl era with 1,000 yards in the first eight games of a season. MVP, it's on. I mean, it's not going to be Tua. I, I think Tyreek Hill is the strongest MVP candidate on that team. We all in the same boat there? Yeah, just they always give it to the quarterback. So. Yeah, but not, I haven't seen anything like this. You can't. You can't lay off him. You can't come up on him. I saw what he, the announcer was talking about. They were setting up that Tyreek Hill touchdown the entire game. There's nothing to do against him. He's unbelievable. Now, defensively from this 31-17 victory, Jalen Ramsey made his season debut following summer knee surgery, picked off a pass to kind of impress head coach Mike McDaniel. Well, he totally disappointed me. He called that he was going to come back and have a pick six. Not a pick field goal. Ramsey picked off Mac Jones deep in Dolphin territory. A pick six looked possible, but space down the sideline disappeared. So the offense settled for that field goal. The Chargers scored in their first five possessions of Sunday Night Football. They had a 24-7 halftime lead in the Bears. They won 30-13. Head coach Brandon Staley thought those first 30 minutes were great. I thought it was clean football. There were no turnovers, you know, no sacks, no penalties. Um, outside of the you know the first you know DPI, uh, and and then you know you get the result, you get a twenty-four to seven lead. Justin Herbert threw three touchdowns. Bears rookie QB Tyson Bagent with two picks. We're waiting on confirmation on Kirk Cousins' torn right Achilles. Steeler QB Kenny Pickett and Giants QB Tyrod Taylor suffered rib injuries in losses to the Jaguars and Jets. And Matthew Stafford hurt his right thumb in the Rams' 43-20 drubbing in Dallas. That's 11 straight home wins for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, four touchdown passes, two of them to C.D. Lamb. Maybe he only had 11 points, but may, and maybe his team lost by 30 last night, 123-83 at the Clippers, but Victor Webinyama already Rookie of the Year when it comes to leadership. It's not about how bad the struggles are going to be, but how persistent we're going to be. And, but, uh, you know, this is... This works for uh, whole seasons, but now it's just the beginning of the season. You know, it's just one loss. Brandon Miller ain't leading the Hornets like that. Uh, that was Wemby's first road game. De'Aaron Fox. It's early, Bogus. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Relax. De'Aaron Fox had 37. Malik Monk scored 11 in overtime to get the Kings a 132-127 W over the Lakers. Joel Embiid did get over some sleepiness, played the Sixers home opener, 35 points, 15 boards, Seven assists and six blocks in a 126-98 route of the Blazers and the Warriors 106-95 winners in Houston with Chris Paul coming off the bench for the first time after 1,365 career starts. The World Series now in Arizona after a split in Texas. 
Brandon Fott throws the first pitch of Game 3, 8.03 Eastern tonight. The Rangers countering with Max Scherzer. Outdoor hockey last night. The Oilers topped the Flames 5-2 in the Heritage Classic in Edmonton. And FIFA has suspended the former head of the Spanish Soccer Federation, Luis Rubiales, for three years for all of his behavior after winning the Women's World Cup over the summer. That, of course, low-lighted by kissing player Jenny Hermoso. Rubiales is also facing criminal charges in Spain for the kiss and for allegedly pressuring her family to change their stories. Guys, back to you. Criminal charges? Yeah, that was wow. the thing that actually got him to finally resign was she went to the police, they mm-hmm. filed charges, uh, and then he goes, okay, I'll, I'll step down now. And now he can't do anything soccer-related for three years. Yeah, well, that seems about right. But yeah. the criminal charges, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, not sure how that will play out, Yeah, but um, they, they exist at the moment. Crazy. Andrew Bogus, thank you so much. Uh, EJ has located the sound. This is... A Canadian, this is a rendition of O Canada, where the a national anthem singer did O Christmas Tree. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. From far and wide, okay. O Canada. <laughs> We stand on guard for thee. Wait, maybe he was just trying to do like a holiday thing. <laughs> you know? I mean, this was done in 1994. Was it December, though? That's a good question. I, I don't know. But this, this is wild to me. Did they invade after this? <laughs> Well, maybe, to be honest, I mean, this was done in Las Vegas, and this was a Canadian football game. Like, apparently, I didn't know this. The CFL tried to expand into the U.S., and they went into random cities, and one of them was Las Vegas. Uh Uh-oh. So this was their way to maybe, I don't know, again, maybe plant their flag. I mean, but I think Flavor Flav did a terrible rendition of the national anthem, which is why it started this whole thing. Like, if he had just Flavor Flaved it up a little bit, maybe this would be better. Maybe that guy was just Christmasing it up. Well, O Canada and O Christmas, that's the same song. I have no problem with that. That was pretty close. (laughs) If you guys heard that at a Las Vegas football game, you would probably think, okay, that sounds enough like the Canadian anthem. From far and wide, (laughs) O Canada. I mean, to be fair to myself, I'm usually blacked out when I'm in Las Vegas, so I don't know if I know anything that was going on. (laughs) Just kidding. No, you're not. (laughs) Partially kidding. You can't. You got to change up the lines at least. The song part's not terribly off, but there's more than one line to the Canadian national anthem. <laughs> there is. There's, yeah. There's beyond O Canada. They have one line, except for the ones that you just heard right there. Uh, keep our land. Yeah. Keep by, our, by, by the way, this game was in, on July sixteenth, nineteen ninety four. Right. Christmas this, in July. So he really just <laughs> inserted like, Christmas. He's in like July, the Hallmark Channel, you know, when they do all the Christmas movies in the middle of July. But was this an American guy making fun of Canada? That is a good question. I don't know. I'm not familiar with uh, this guy. I'm so telling I'm you, sure. he was blacked out. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Bogus, thank you. Uh, coming back, why Aaron Rodgers should think twice about making a comeback this year. We've got that for you. More reaction from yesterday as well. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone. 
AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Back on Maggie and Perloff. Strange day in college football on Saturday. A lot of teams on the road scared everybody. One team lost, Oklahoma. But, of course, I stayed up. Actually, it wasn't that way. 7.30 Eastern. UCLA, Colorado. That was in ugly, ugly game. UCLA won, but managed not to cover miraculously. Dion, uh, so now they're four and four questions. Will they become bowl eligible? I know you're still into this. Well, first we got to get the daily Dion. Yeah. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. You believe in that? This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Well, this is the quote that's uh, making the rounds. Deion Sanders saying Colorado needs to get some new offensive linemen. I just asked that term for the big picture, trying to keep Shadur upright, healthy. The, over- the big picture, you go get new linemen. That's the picture. I'm going to paint it perfectly. I mean, listen, Dion's kind of been saying this for a while, that yeah. there are a couple offensive linemen away, but it did rub some people for off the wrong way that he would put this on the players when generally the coach is the one who kind of wears it. Yeah, no, takes but the blame for their kind of been team. doing this all year long. Yeah. I mean, he walked into Colorado and told every existing player that you're terrible. You know, Herbie had an interesting point during the game. He said that it's harder to do the kind of things. Dion's getting all these stars in there. Travis Hunter, all these outside players who can get NIL money. He said offensive linemen don't work the same way. He's worried that maybe the Dion charm will not work on the 320-pound offensive linemen because they can't get the NIL money that the other guys get. But they can't get NIL money at Colorado? Why not? Well, because NIL money, I know this sounds naive, is still tied to marketing. I don't think that... You're going to give an offensive guard $2 million a year, where Shador is probably making 7 or $8 million this year. I, I just think that an uh, offensive lineman might be interested in the NFL, might go to the SEC. Honestly, like, Dion, if you're an offensive lineman, are you attracted to Dion? You want sort of a grittier guy. If I'm a wide receiver, I'm going to Dion. I don't know. If I want attention and if I want lots of people to be watching my games... I mean, I think Deion Sanders would definitely be an attractive spot to go to as opposed to where playing in Northwestern. Like, I I don't understand. Are you going to actually get more money at one of those places? Don't you go generally where the money is? I don't don't think you're going to get NIL money for playing offensive line at Colorado. I think you'd probably get more at Georgia or Alabama and get to the pros. Okay, well, I mean, Georgia and Alabama are going to give you a lot of... you know, perks over Colorado right now, but but why? If you're to say? if you're a wide receiver, you have to go to Colorado because you're going to get so much attention. Nobody can name an offensive lineman on Colorado. I well, that's I, the point. They're anonymous guys. <laughs> he, he's new. He needs more. He needs. I always thought it was the collective, like the boosters, yeah, essentially, right. that decide who do we, where do we need to put the money, and let's put the money towards offensive line. All right, now the money's going towards yeah, the offensive line. Because like line. there are like a lot of, and I don't want to call them fake, but they're like kind of like fake nil right. companies. Yeah. Dion is not. Dion brought has had two ads with players. He says, "I'm going to get you into ads." So he has one with the running back, and then he has one with his son on Wendy's. I think Dion's saying, I'm going to get you in big commercials. And no offensive lineman in the history of college football has ever gotten a commercial. No, it just doesn't happen. There's other ways to get money. Listen, I trust that Dion could get me a commercial over any other coach in college football. Like, who else could actually make good? I don't even know if he's offering that. 
But who else could mm. make good on that? Dion would be the one guy. Gosh, I, I really agree with Herbie on this one. I think offensive line's not going to be as easy to build as all the other positions for him. Oh, I, I disagree. I think if, if they want offensive line, they're going to go after offensive line. And why would I doubt Dion so far? He's gotten all these other big players. Uh, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up, Niners have lost three in a row. Why there's reason to be concerned.